So hello and welcome to Parenting Aha, our podcast on all things to do with being a parent and living with children. So a wee disclaimer at the start, and that is that you are very welcome to accept or reject anything that you would hear in our podcast. We are not about making anyone feel that they're in the wrong or that um, they have something to feel guilty about. So feel free to accept or reject. So today I have a guest. I'm so excited to welcome Josie. Hi, Josie. Hello, Jill. How are you? Thank you for inviting me here today. Oh, you're so welcome. And Josie and I know each other from Toastmasters. I think it must be a bit over a year since we met. That is correct. I remember that vividly. <laughs> I had a fab blue coat on that day. Um, and for anybody that doesn't know about Toastmasters, it's uh, a group in Cookstown that works specifically around building confidence with public speaking and speech writing. So that's how I met Josie. Josie is the club president. The current club president. It's a voluntary organisation and you get, you're supposed to be a club president for a whole year, but I managed to do it for the last three years and I really am looking forward to another volunteer coming (laughs) along after me. She (laughs) wants to hand it over. (laughs) She wants to get rid of it. So Josie, we're we're doing podcasts today. Have you done a podcast before? Never before. Jill, this is the first time and it's quite nerve wracking. I tell you a secret, Josie, I haven't done it before either. But you're such a professional at most things. I don't think you'll ever look as though you haven't done it before. (laughs) You fake it till you make it, isn't that right? Well, that's my motto, actually. (laughs) It's my motto. (laughs) So, Josie, today we're going to talk about travel tips when you're traveling with children. And I know just even from your stories, you have done so much traveling. Yes, I have. Um, I don't feel as as educated as you in this field because I don't have the same level of interest as you have in, in looking after kids, apart from the fact I have three of my own. That's and a good start, Josie. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so I had to take the little mites on um, business trips and holidays uh, for many years because my eldest now is 23, the next one's 21 and the next one's 17. So for many years, I did accompany them on holidays and business trips. So there is a, t- a knack of getting it right. And there's mm. also learning by experience, which I'm afraid to admit that I've had to learn the hard way as well as the easy way. Yeah, well, I, it's it's something that so many parents are nervous about. I have a friend who just won't even consider a foreign holiday until the children are you know, well into primary school because she's just so nervous about what would happen if they cried or what people would think if she couldn't handle them at the airport. And I think that's sad that there could be families missing out on that because they're worried about what people think. We can understand. Um, when I when I used to travel on business before I had my own children, I used to get very upset um, when you were sitting in business class or first class and you were going somewhere and there was a child on board who was squealing a lot. Yeah. And all you wanted to do was the mother to stick a dummy in its mouth and shut it up because you had work to do and you were trying to get rest if you yeah. weren't working and you didn't understand the pressures. But as a parent, you learn that you, their kids, are, th- there's no batteries in kids. You can't no, just take the battery out and turn out. them out. So you have to work with the child. So you get more compassionate. You do. As you get and older. I think, I mean, 
because I work with children, I, I never hear that noise or I never see that response from children as a negative. It's just it's just how they're dealing with the situation of being in a on a flight or in a out of routine. But I can I'm going to tell you a story about a time when I first really saw how a bad flight can impact a parent. So Bernie and I, Bernie works with us at Kitty Winkles. Bernie and I were coming back from a training trip in Romania. We had been out supporting carers that work in the orphanages. And we were on the flight back and there was a family sitting in the row in front of us. So there was a mum and a dad and a wee baby. And the wee baby was fussling and was, wasn't was happy and not full on crying, but getting there. But the more the baby fussled, the more the mummy panicked. And you could see her panicking because she was moving the baby from one position to the next. She was bouncing the baby on her knee. Um, and the baby just got more and more anxious because the mum was getting anxious. And Bernie and I were trying to catch the baby's attention through, you know, the wee gap in the seats. Yes. I don't know what we thought we were going to do, like make funny faces or something. But the baby was too small to be able to connect with us visually through that space. So then we took to trying to stroke the mummy's arm and <laughs> without a word of Romanian, try to tell her that it's OK and nobody minds and it's fine. So then we had to get seat belts and all on and the baby was proper crying now. And we were sitting on the tarmac waiting to taxi. And I was fretting for the mum because I could see she was upset and the baby was never going to settle until she was able to let that go and stop stop giving a crap about what everybody else thought. And I could see this older gentleman get up. He was sitting way down the plane and he had grey hair, like he was granddad age, granddad age. And he had a white shirt with checked like brown check lines on it and a pocket here with a pen in it. And he came the whole way up the plane, just walking up the plane until where this family were sitting. And I <laughs> I says to Bernie, Bernie, watch this, watch this. Would you see this? Because in my head, he was this Werther's style granddad who had come up to do some kind of a magic trick for this baby or to you know, impart wisdom. Mm -hmm. And I was sitting right up on the edge of my seat and I was beaming into his face and I was like, oh, there are good people in the world and this is going to amaze me. I'm going to watch. And I really was just gazing up into his face. Right, these big eyes going, this is wonderful. Waiting for him to pull something out of his pocket. And he, he started to shout at the mummy. Oh, dear. And he was like, shut that baby up. And did. And I was never so disappointed in my whole life. And my chin was on the floor and and I couldn't say anything. And I just let him stand there and tear that wee family apart. And then he just as casually as you like, walk back till he seat. And his his annoyance was that the, that the baby was upsetting his wife. I was like, I don't even care. And I said to Bernie, I was never I've never been so cross traveling in all my life. And I said to Bernie, if I see him at the baggage claim, I'm going to kick him in the shins. <laughs> no, I didn't, Josie. I've never wanted to kick anybody in the shins in my whole life. But I thought, you know what? It'll, hopefully it'll be busy and he won't know who kicked him. But even if I get arrested, it's going to be worth it because that was really mean. But uh, thankfully, I didn't see him. I didn't have to kick him in the shins. 
But I really wanted him. That was a him. close shave. It was. I know. <laughs> but he's the. Oh, but in all the years traveling, but he's the only guy tolerance. I've ever met. It's lack yeah. of tolerance people have, and you can understand that people get to a certain. I know that I, because I've got young kids, have now grown up. My tolerance for noise has reduced significantly because I don't have to put up with it anymore. Yes. But I remember one time. Um, my husband and I used to go for lovely long weekends in Paris without the children. Mm-hmm. And it was my it was my sanity in sanctuary, really, doing those trips. But there was one time the flight got cancelled for some reason um, out of Paris and it got delayed to the next morning. So we were all sitting on the plane, had to get off the plane, and then they had to go to a hotel and get this packaged food that they provide, the airline provide. But and going by this, your face wasn't tasty. Oh, no. And <laughs> it was just such a letdown from the holiday. But there was a, a young couple who had young children. And it was so horrible to watch because the mother was trying to cope. And I watched the mother trying to cope and entertain these children who were so bored, who mm. wanted to go home, who hated where they were, that were boxed in. And the husband left her and he went to the bar to drink. And yeah. I just, my heart just was broken. I thought, that poor lady. And everybody around her was wishing that she would shut the kids up, just like your gentleman. Mm. And instead, I just, I had a, I had my suitcase with me as I used to travel a lot with my suitcase because I always like to note down ideas of new things. So I had a suitcase full of blank paper and um colour pens that I used to do my mind maps with. Yeah. So I pulled it out and I pulled out my pens, coloured pens, and I pulled out my loose paper and I called the kids over and I said, let's draw now. And I sat among them on the floor drawing pictures and Which, all of a sudden... That must have been a godsend to that mum. The mum started to cry. Yeah. She was just at breaking point and she just started to cry and I knew she was going to do... And she kept saying to me, why are you like this? And I says, because I have three young children. I know, too. Like. I know what it's like. <laughs> and so I entertained the kids. I looked at the husband who was busy trying to talk to other men at the, at the bar drinking. He wasn't talking, trying to talk to women, which was a good thing, really. Or a, you, it just wasn't as bad. Yeah, know? let's do let's let's, do that. let's let's have a rolling, yeah. <laughs> a rolling system here of, of what annoys you. So he was just avoiding the fact that his kids were bored. And yeah. left his wife to deal, and she and wasn't. I bet coping. she would have loved to have just been able to ignore it. Of course, but she had. She was only the only adult remaining. She had yes. to do, it. and she was alone. Yeah. And so that trip, I spent, and my husband joined in too because he, as a you know, he he loved drawing. So for him, that was fun. Yeah. So he joined with the kids, um, drawing things, and we all sat with my coloured pens, doing what it's not meant to do, which was supposed to be mind maps. Instead. We yeah. drew whatever came into our yeah. mind and then compared it and tried to explain to each other what a masterpiece we just produced. But I think, I mean, that's a big part of what I would say is a, is a tip for traveling with children. And that is that you've got to get yourself in the mindset. This is not going to be an enjoyable adult experience. So when I'm traveling with my husband, we know that we're not going to have a conversation because our job will be to amuse and have conversations with the children because it's when they're bored and fed up that you get this unwanted behaviour that just stresses everybody out. And so we'll even do 
And I know we have different. This is why this is great that I'm talking to Josie about this, because we have different perspectives. I know I am probably OTT too much the thing. And so it's really great to have Josie going, well, you know, you probably just make make sure that nobody gets injured. You don't need to go that far. I know I might be a bit extreme, Josie, but I like do pre-trip projects with the kids. <laughs> we're, we're making model junk, um, junk material model airplanes and, and all of this, which is, yeah, I know that's probably too much, but I, I just kind of think if I get them excited about it before they go, um, it's not going to be a big shock to the routine. And then when we get there, it's just this unspoken thing between my husband and I that, that it's our job to amuse the kids. And just from talking to you, I maybe think, am I being a wee bit, am I pandering to them too much? But I suppose it just makes it, it just makes it easier if I know, if I get myself in the frame of mind that I need to be ready to play I Spy 20 times. I need to be finding interesting things to look at out the window. I need to know the parts of the aeroplane that you can see so that I can name it when we're looking out the window and know what you call the guy with the, you know, the lights at the end of the runway. And it just, yeah, but I can see how that maybe sounds like a lot of hard work. That That sounds like a chore, actually. (laughs) To me, that sounds like a, I need another holiday after doing all that. (laughs) But, um, I always think that spontaneity is the best form of anything. And when you're traveling, you don't know what to expect. So therefore, our games were always in the airport. Let's make up a story about this. And we'd guess, we'd guess like we'd rewrite Coronation Street with the characters all being the people around us. And we would, you know, it didn't have to be true. We didn't know who we were sitting beside. But all Mm -hmm. of a sudden we knew the name. We knew how many kids they had what they liked, what they disliked. We knew all that there because we made it all up. Yeah. And we used imagination, which kids love to do. Yeah. And that's that's as far as it went. We we did take um, we take them. We took them away one time to India over uh, Christmas. We spent Christmas in India and I packed a hula hoop for my eight-year-old. You packed How did you pack it? You dismantled it. Ah, oh, right. Okay. And then, and I brought it and on Christmas morning, I gave him his hula hoop. Yeah. Santi didn't forget about you. He remembered. Oh, good man. Santi. And then he looked at me in disgust and said, really, mum, was that all Santi gave me? And I looked and thought, do you know what? And I told him the truth about Santi. Mm-hmm. He was too young. And he regretted, he told me for many years after that I ruined Christmas oh, for him. Oh, no. Because I said, look, let's be practical here. Yeah. We are in India. Your toys are in Ireland. Yeah. You have got a hula hoop because that's all we could pack. <laughs> so oh, no. do not be disappointed. <laughs> we did carry this across the world yeah. for you. <laughs> be grateful, you saw it. <laughs> but, you know, it's. His brothers sat and who obviously were older than him yeah. and looked in disgust as I told him the facts about Santa. Oh, see, so he even thought, oh, this is a this is on This is on She's horrible mother thing She's to do. She's gone rogue. She has gone. It was, yes, my, my kids call me the hippie who's out of control sometimes. <laughs> and yes, you should learn. So we <laughs> learn from things that. in life. 
should be important, not just what I got well, for Christmas. <laughs> well, that's true. But I think um, some people get uh, Amazon to deliver to the holiday address, which is another idea. If you're going away for Christmas and you don't want to ruin your child's Christmases forever, you can get Amazon to deliver to um, wherever you're staying at Christmas. But then I said to him that Santa only knows where he lives in Ireland. He doesn't know where he's going to be living. Ah, uh, so. In, so Santa didn't know the And address. you styled it out. Did that work? For a couple of minutes, <laughs> just. And then realised, no. Because I go to the option that the truth is always the best. Well, when in doubt, do be honest, suits, because yeah. especially if you've got a bad memory. If you've got a bad oh, memory, got to, you got have to, to have remember a, yeah. what lies you've told. If you're going to lie, you've got you to got have, to a, have a good memory. So and I haven't. So I always rely on the truth because then I can remember what I said and what well, I did. That's true. And therefore, when I got into a, when I got into a corner with a child after telling so many lies about Santa, I just thought, heck, let's be honest. <laughs> I know you're only eight, but <laughs> this yeah. is the truth. You're going to find out and you're going to have to go through the rest of your life trusting me to tell you the truth. So let's start now. <laughs> Well, yeah, so there's there's a bigger message in there behind that, which is commendable, shall we say. From a woman like you, I take it as that. Thank yes. you. That yes. is very kind of you to say that. You could have strung me up no. and kicked my thighs like you did. You wanted to do with that other gentleman. It's only, honestly, only time in my whole life where I came close to kicking somebody in the shins. And that's probably about as violent as I would ever get, is a, is a sharp, quick kick to the shins. It just sounds very satisfying, doesn't it? But it does. It does. And particularly when he sauntered his way up so casually to shout yeah. at the woman and then sauntered back again. Oh, it was terrible. There was flight. no regret in him, was there? Because no, not at all. And because um, whatever was said, the two men either side of the aisle fought and argued the whole way home in Romanian. And the mummy sobbed her heart out. Oh, it was a terrible flight. That terrible. was so rude. And I think... Um, sometimes I've, I've listened to something once um, in one of my one of my <laughs> audiobooks and it was about a man who was on the train and he saw a man sitting with his rude children and the children were going unchecked making lots and lots of noise mm. and he turned round to the man and said could you not do something about your kids do you not notice that they're disturbing the whole yeah. carriage and the man says, I, I, I don't know what to say to them. We've just left the hospital and their mother's just died. And I'm not, I don't know what to say. And it made me realise oh, that a lot of people don't understand what's going on in someone else's life and are so yeah. quick to judge and to, to decide what is the best behaviour and action. And because we don't understand doesn't mean to say we don't know. Yeah. And therefore to assume is wrong. And I try now in my older years not to assume. And therefore, when I saw that father who may have had a really bad headache or may have been ill himself, go to the bar to drink his sorrow away and leave his wife with them kids, I have to realise that I should really forgive him. Mm. And yes, go on and help the mother rather than think badly yeah. of him. And and. Because and you then you're focusing on a positive action yes. rather than, yeah, what he was doing or not doing. It didn't matter what he was doing or not doing. What was important is what I and my husband was doing to entertain yeah. their kids. So I think, I mean, one, if you're traveling, 
be the kind person that can help someone else out, but also look for them. They're everywhere and you can find someone that will watch your bag while you squeeze into a cubicle with the other with the kids. Like even that's tricky. If you all have carry on bags, trying to get everybody in the one cubicle, it's a nightmare. So, you know, you try to make eye contact and find another kind person and be that kind person in an airport because airports are they're loud and they're rushed and they're everybody's very emotional either because they're trying to catch a plane or they've just dropped someone off and and they're missing someone but there's not you'll always find kind people if you look for them if you get the right one I think you're right I think in my younger days when I was traveling I was extremely selfish person and I didn't comprehend or appreciate or have any compassion for anyone else so whenever there was a delay and I needed to get somewhere else to connect in flight. The first thing I would do is when I heard there was a delay, I would get up and shout at the poor little girl who wasn't getting paid enough to listen to me and and complain and say, how what I have a problem now. What are you going to do about it? And I would be shouting along with other people mm-hmm. and there'd be other people sitting, just sitting there reading their books and getting on with. Now I'm one of those people who sit and think, oh, I have an extra half hour to read my book. This is great. I'll get wherever I need to get. Uh-huh. And no longer do I do the knee jerk reactions. Mm-hmm. I think age and wisdom makes you realise that life doesn't have to be lived in the minute. Yeah. Well, that's Especially true. when you've got time. Yes. And and that's a big thing for when you're travelling with children. You've got to be prepared to go at their speed because it, it usually ends in disaster when you try to get them to operate at your speed because it's not natural for them. They want to stop and pick things up and look at things. So uh, it's a good idea to give yourself extra time to move at their speed, which is an which is a altogether more pleasant speed to operate at anyway. Yes, you have to stop and, and smell the flowers. And that's what you do with kids. Yeah, because that's the natural thing to do. But in our busy lives, Time is precious and we think, we talk about wasting time a lot. Mm. And as if you can waste time. You've only got the moment. It doesn't matter yeah. how, you, it's, this depends on how you spend it. You can either spend it in happiness or in misery. But we're so ingrained to go fast. You have, I have to remind myself, I have to say, almost every day, slow down. There's no rush if dinner's not ready for another half hour. Big deal. Enjoy this now at the minute. So it's something I have to I have to hear to remind myself that there's there's choices with the speed you operate and faster isn't always better. Faster sometimes makes you ignore the important things Mm. and kids are important. Uh, They are our future and the future of this planet. So I Josie, that almost sounds like a song. You're not going to sing, are you? Oh, I can't sing. I believe that you. <laughs> I know I, I can't sing. She's warming up to the song here. But at the end of the day, it's what's important in life. And mm. kids are important. And there's some countries you go to. They grow up in to, a blink. Like you must know that. And it's, because oh, oh, you're where I'm going to be in another few years. Like mine are 15, almost 15, 10 and 5. And that must seem that yesterday since your three were that age. It is. And um, I've been a lone parent for the last seven years. Um, and then you have to be mother and father. Mm-hmm. And it's a juggling system. And you don't always get it right. 
And you have to forgive yourself for getting it wrong. Yeah. And you have to forgive them for getting it wrong, too. Mm-hmm. And so as long as we all forgive each other, we can live together. Because yeah. the minute we start getting very precious with our demands and our rules, you'll find that life gets very uh, loud. They resist against it. Oh, yeah. Everyone hates rules. But yeah. I am a rule type person in that my life is logical and it runs smoothly with mm-hmm. rules. But that's why I found it very difficult when I became the lone parent to be more bendable because I had to, to survive. There has to be that balance. With kids, yes. Yeah. You have to learn the balance. Yeah, because I'm the strict one in our house and David's the one that is very flexible with bedtimes and routines and, and what, what you're allowed to eat for breakfast. <laughs> Which is fun. Yeah, yes. yes. He's the fun one and I'm the strict one. But it, it works. Yes, and my husband was the fun one and I was the strict one. So when he died, I had to become you the had to fun pick some one of that up. and the strict one and get the balance right. Yeah. And I think we all should be balanced because you don't know what life is going to throw at you. So the quicker we learn to balance the strict and the fun mm-hmm. and to get into the mind of the kid, but the closer we can get. That's so interesting because I think sometimes people get themselves in the mindset before travelling with children. OK, strict and tight and let's keep it all together here. But maybe you need to have this feeling of this is going to be fun to go travelling with the children and enjoyable and to find a way of building that in. So, I mean, alongside all the normal things that anybody would say, children should wear something comfortable that they can sleep in. Don't be worried about you know high fashion clothes as you know, tracksuit bottoms or comfy dresses with tights, something they can sleep in. But I would always bring a, a gift on board, a wrapped up present, like really hard to open, like lots and lots of sellotape. And that's like our special thing that we get to do when they're in their seat. I mean, it does sound a little bit like a bribery. Well, it's a re- it is a reward. <laughs> Let's say reward <laughs> rather than bribery. But when we're all up in our own seats and we've got our seatbelt on and and the light goes off that we know we can take our tray down, then we get to open this gift. And um, it takes a wee while to get it open because I use lots of sellotape. And something, it's a, usually a gift that they can play with it. I'm not going to have to be picking up Lego pieces off the floor or anything like that, like a teddy bear or a doll or imagination things, maybe a car or a truck. Um, and that works really well because then it feels like it feels like a fun activity rather than something I have to be in control of. Does that make sense? Yes, yes. Um, I do like going um the idea that I have is that there's certain things we have to do. We have to get across the airport before this time. Mm-hmm. And I let the boys know what that is so that when we're rushing, they know why we're rushing. Yes. Yeah. So as long as they understand why things are yeah. happening, they're more, they go in the flow with you. Mm-hmm. If you're trying to pull them and they don't understand why, then they resist you. That's so true. How many times do we forget to actually... Share the why. Share, share the why. So you share the why. And as well as that, for safety, I always try and be able to identify them. When you lose a child anywhere, the first thing people ask you, what were they wearing? Yeah, you told me this. Uh, Josie, tell me the story about the hair. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
when I um, it was a summertime and I was taking the children um, on a holiday, family holiday. I was doing business and my husband was going to go with the children and we we're going to have a business start of the holiday and then a fun time at the end of the holiday. So start of the holiday, we we did a bit of business. We I, My business brought me down to Hong Kong and there was a lovely pool with lots of chlorine water. But for the holiday, I said to the boys, look, it's summertime. Let's do something you're not allowed to do during the year. <laughs> Let's do something special. And my son said, I want to dye my hair blonde. And I says, OK, teachers won't like that. But by the time you go back to school, it'll be all cut out again. So yeah. we'll go blonde. So I got the two older boys who were blonde. The, the child who was only five couldn't go blonde. So he was cute anyway. So <laughs> we took them to this horrible pool that had lots of chlorine. And one, the eldest boy, his hair went blue. The dye, blonde oh dye went goodness. blue. And the second boy, his hair went green. And so we had a duck green <laughs> and <laughs> I mean, that's a, a top blue. tip right there. Dye your kids hair <laughs> very bright colours so you don't lose them. <laughs> now, they had to become stars because it wasn't use, <laughs> useful usually because most most Chinese people have black hair. Now, there is the odd henna there mm-hmm. now and again, but most black with brown eyes. So to have blue eyed blue-haired and green-haired and I have red hair. My husband had black hair, multicoloured family, <laughs> blue eyes and white skin, very white skin because we don't have the sun in Ireland much. No, that's On holiday together, we were stopped in the street to have photos. They didn't want the old ones. Oh no, it was these Just multicoloured the kids. kids. And so they became pop stars for four weeks. I think we were out there. Pop stars for four weeks. And I said, look, you have to understand. And they got sick of this. They got yeah. stopped, sick of being stopped and asked to pose for photographs, <laughs> you know, as they got snapped. And I says, now, son, you know why you want to be rich, but not famous. famous. <laughs> yeah. And they went, no, I see that now. <laughs> so, yes, you don't want to be pop stars or models or superstars. You want to be wealthy, just. Yeah. And walk around Incognito. Yes, yeah, so you don't <laughs> have no to stop. No one's taking photos. photographs. Exactly. <laughs> so, but, but still useful that you would have been, you would have been able to spot them in a crowd, no problem. Yes, I could because I, when I was going to Dubai on the connecting flights, I bought all three boys the same hat. Oh, I love the idea of that. Actually, something. Yes, something that colorful. would identify them, and all three of them wore this baseball hat. Now, I think there was a kangaroo, I think it was an Australian one, I can't remember, but it was green in colour and I thought, they thought this was great, they're getting these new hats. So they chose their hat, but it was all the same colour and all three oh, had the perfect. same hat. Yes. So when I took them eventually to um, this big exhibition and my husband was looking after my three sons when I went off doing business, um, he took them to the toilet and two of them came out of the toilet, but one of them didn't. Oh, the five-year-old did not come out of the toilet. So they all ran about looking for this child who was in this massive hangar. And there was five identical hangars of an exhibition in Shanghai. So it was extremely big. I was oblivious. I was sitting doing business with my Chinese suppliers. But my husband looked for the child and couldn't find it. And then decided to come and tell me two hours later, I lost our child. Two hours. Two oh hours had God. passed. And I says, how did you manage to do that? Thinking, 
how on earth can a parent had one do job. that? That's all. That's all. I am busy doing everything else here. Where is it? So he did tell me what happened. So obviously I talked to my Chinese friends who got onto security and they knocked, locked the whole place down that only a communist country could do so efficiently. And we then found him. I think half an hour later he had walked, didn't recognize, went out of the toilet a different way. Oh, and goodness. I was able to tell the authorities what the hat looked like he was wearing so they because I took, I grabbed one off the other children and said, he's wearing this hat. Yeah. I can't remember what colour his shorts are but or he's his definitely shoes, got this hat. but this hat is on his head. So that is a great trick. But that is. And I think now with the new technology, you can get um, little watches that have like trackers in them. But... It's so, it's so difficult to make sure that they're they're wearing them and and they don't always like to wear those watches. But the more options you have, like they're all wearing these baseball hats, they're wearing the watch, they're wearing the t-shirts bag, or whatever. My phone mm-hmm. numbers in their pocket. Layer it up, I suppose. But oh gosh, I can't imagine what that would have felt like. Well, as a mother, so, they obviously accused me of not being a good mother. Why did you let your child Even wander? Even though it wasn't you, Josie, that was looking after the kids. They didn't care. They just saw a mother. How could you be such a bad mother? And I did feel like a bad mother. Then oh, my yeah. husband bought a little lead that he attached to his arm and then attached the other end to my son's arm. And to prevent my son from taking it off, he convinced my son that if he took the lead off, he would lose his daddy. Yes. So he was a big five-year-old looking after, looking his, after daddy. his daddy. <laughs> and that's how he kept his lead on. Now, the Chinese thought this was awful to put a child on a lead. Yeah, they're not big into that. No, that was very dog-like. Yeah. They didn't think but that was keep, respectful, but I mean, they, it, it wasn't very respectful safe. losing a child either. No. <laughs> so I thought the option was, I will be res- disrespectful. But you still had to do your work. So yes, and and there was no one else you could give the kids to other than your husband. Exactly. So did you feel a bit better knowing that my the husband child was, was attached tied? to my son, <laughs> yeah. my my husband? Oh yes, <laughs> that he was not allowed to physically get released. No, until you came back, <laughs> and his brothers held on to him too. We all held on to each other much tighter that night no, because scary. we were so scared. Yeah, and we realized just how much we loved each other. Oh, that yeah. night because we thought we might have lost one of us. Yeah. So, yes, when my husband died many years later, that that bonding is necessary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you take every opportunity you can to bond. Yeah. On holidays, all right, side holidays, but it's all it's all. But there's time. something nice about a holiday because you've not. You have time. You have time to just be with each other and yes. do things that you wouldn't usually do. Yes, definitely. And it's it's, it's a holiday for everyone. Kids, if kids are with you, it's a kids' holiday. Now, I loved going to Paris for my trips without the kids. <laughs> there was, I was so romantic, it was so adult, you it was have wonderful. You a twinkle in your eye when you talk about Paris. <laughs> the memories are just wow. <laughs> but you know, it was a non kids' holiday. Yeah. We, we could eat and drink and go and do what we wanted. We didn't have to consider kids. But when kids were with us, it was let's have an adult day one day. And make the kids do what we want to do. And then the next day, let's have a kids oh, holiday where we could do. Idea. And everything was always balanced. Yeah. And I think that's the magic word is balance. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a good idea. I like that. 
Yeah, the whole holiday doesn't have to be around. It doesn't have to be one-sided. It's okay for the balance to be there. I, that's something I probably need to tell myself that it's okay. Well, you have to be a selfish person. To. You have to be a selfish mother. So I started from a selfish mother point and then had to accommodate kids. Yes. But you start from a nice point of view and you're moving to selfishness. I could pull a little bit. Yes. Yeah, I could pull I a little balance, bit. We, we all could do a balance. Yeah. Um, so we're coming up on our time but I, there was just a, a couple of other things that I wanted to, to mention and that was I don't know if you would agree Josie but always when you're travelling with kids rucksack rather than wheelie case for carry on because you need your hands free. Definitely. Because you don't know where you're going to have to dart to. Yeah. So um, and another thing for the very young ones I prefer a sling to carry them rather than a pram because I just feel like I'm always getting in the way with the pram. But it can take a wee bit of getting used to with the sling. Um, I never did the sling. I always had, because I had two young ones at once before the third one came along, I had a tandem push chair. Ah, which means that you can't even fit through doors. You're always in the way. And it was always a last off the plane in the luggage reclaim. And you were always standing there trying to control these ones. That was one was going one way, the other was running the other way. (laughs) And you couldn't split yourself in half to go both directions. Mm -hmm. So you had to prioritise and risk assess which is going to be in the most danger and run that direction. So, you know, really, you make life easy for yourself. You don't complicate things. You make it as and a sling is lightweight. It's easily folded away. And it holds the child close to you so your hands are free and it makes sense. It's logical and it makes sense. It does. So uh, I would suggest try one out um, before you buy one. If if you know someone that has it. I mean, I'd have carried Archie. I would have had it in my bag up until Archie was about three and a half. That if he got tired when we were walking on the beach or actually I I carried him across Carrickareed Rope Bridge in a sling. Um, It just... It just meant that he could have a wee break when he needed it, but I didn't have to ha- lug about the pram. But what I liked whenever my boys were out and about, it was like a rucksack that you carry a child in. Oh, yes. And you just put him on, Yes. And you, you put him into that and he puts his arm around his neck. Now, mm-hmm. I always made my husband carry that because I just didn't feel like a pack horse. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and he was so much bigger and taller and he he had a better view when he's sitting on his well, big true. tall dad's shoulders yeah. than he would if I was carrying him. So I thought that was a great thing. They they, are. And I think men are a little bit more comfortable wearing those rather than a sling. Yes. And and so my husband enjoyed that because he could talk into his dad's ear anytime he's seen anything and they noticed yeah. anything. And he was at that level, the same level as dad. He was never that tall. He was always down there. Yeah. And all of a sudden, he had this different perspective of life, especially walking along a breach, as you say. And he could see so much more and say to look, dad, what's that? And had a, yes. these conversations with Which daddy and son. It's, it's, it's perfect. You don't get that when they're in the... No. In the front face and no, no, they're on their own when they're in a push chair. Yeah. So a sling or a rucksack type thing. Try it out. See, it might, mm. it might be for you. Okay, so that that has been our whistle stop to around travel tips with kids, and uh, how we have experienced it. So join us next week for our podcast where we're going to speak to Josie about self care and looking after ourselves as mums. Mm-hmm.